What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the Stella Ray Herself podcast. It's me, Stella Ray Herself. Thank you so much to everyone who's been listening. Thank you to everyone who has been sharing the podcast. Thank you to everyone who included me in their Spotify wrapped. So thank you to everyone who listened over this past year. As always, don't forget to share this on your story. Tag me. Y'all, to be honest, I'm definitely having one of those days where I'm just so tired, don't feel like doing anything, but I have shit to do. At the time that this is going up, I am in New York. Bitch, I'm so fucking excited. If y'all know, I went to New York this past year, um, like over the summer, and I just had the best time. Like, someday I'll do a full, complete story time. I'll remember. <laughs> I was gonna go with the hood look. If you're watching this on YouTube, you, you see, but... I, was, I had my hood on and then it just was getting annoying real quick so I had to adjust that um but it was just simply magical and I don't even know I mean I know why but it's not like it was in the sense of like oh yeah obviously you have fun because you're like on vacation or something like no it just felt like right it just felt like oh my god it was just it, I honestly feel like it was life changing <laughs> not in an exaggerating way um and yeah so i'm just really excited to be going back but with that being said today and tomorrow the two days before i leave i just feel like i have so much to do and like content to prepare laundry to do packing to do i gotta go get my nails done like just all the things you do before you go on a trip and i just started my period today so yeah so i'm really excited but also, I feel like at this moment, I'm just also feeling stressed and overwhelmed and exhausted. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just really excited, like, for January. Because I just feel like this month is just so hectic. And I know a lot of you can relate just with the holidays in general. But also, I know some of you had, like, finals. I feel like a lot of people are traveling this month. Obviously, for the holidays. But I know just, like, it seems like a lot of people I know are just traveling like for fun also and i'm low-key like with this new variant i'm like okay should i be traveling but then also i'm like okay good travel before it gets any worse get your vax get your booster um yeah i don't know it's just like bro i've just been feeling very overwhelmed recently and also you know when you're about to start your period and when you for me it's like always the two weeks before the week we can have sometimes two weeks before my period. I just always don't really feel at my best. Like any stress just feels heightened, etc. So I feel like it's also been that. But I don't know. Just in general, it's been hard to like really relax. So I've just really been trying to prioritize self-care and um, self-soothing, I guess. Um, Y'all know I follow or I've talked about her before. This therapist who makes TikToks. Her at is so my mom's a therapist, but she does lives as well. I really like her because she will stitch a lot of popular or trendy videos with like, I don't know, like toxic dating advice or like, girls, you need to try this. And she'll be like, this is actually like what that means or like why you shouldn't do that if you want, you know, a good relationship or things like that. But I just happened to watch one of her lives and she was talking about, um, it was right before Thanksgiving. So I think the topic of the live was like dealing with family members or just you know family you don't necessarily like being around during the holidays and how to get through that and she said something that really stuck with me that was like you know let's it was something along the lines of like let's not judge ourselves for the things we do to like self-soothe and she was like you know for 
for me, sometimes scrolling on TikTok can be very therapeutic and it can like bring my heart rate down and like just, you know, make me feel good and normal. Um, and how there's this, well, I don't know if I completely agreed because she was like, you know, for some people, yoga and meditation really helps them, but that doesn't, that like doesn't work for anyone. But then, so then with that, I was like, well, what about all the research that proves that meditation like actually does work, you know, in quieting your brain, your brain waves. And I just always think of that one study where I think they had kids in detention, like meditate or something, or maybe just the kids at the school meditated. So detention rates went down. I forget the exact study, but it was something like that. Um, she was like, you know, so I, I was like, well, it's like, have you tried it? <laughs> but I also do kind of agree or get what she was saying about, you know, self-care can look different for everyone and self-regulating. And she was like, you know, if you need to have a glass of wine at that Thanksgiving dinner to deal with that annoying family members, like, that's fine. But it's just when it becomes, when the thing you're doing to cope becomes, like, adds on more stress or becomes a stress, that's when it's, like, time to... It's like, okay, this might actually be self-destructive. So anyway, so I've just really been almost like too overaware, I feel, of like how my body feels when I do certain things. Um, and I know for me, like working out, I feel like really puts me back in my body. When I'm feeling anxious or stressed, I feel like my body can feel kind of cold. Like my hands can get cold and I almost feel like detached from certain parts of my body. Or, like, my chest will feel really tight. I don't really feel like I'm getting, like, good circulation, you know? And I don't know, maybe that's actually true, but, like, that's just what it, like, feels like. But then when I'm relaxed, I feel warm. Like, right now, I'm pretty relaxed, so my hands feel warm. I just feel like I'm in my body, and it feels good, and my heart rate feels normal, and I feel calm. So things that, like, help me get to that point are working out, yoga, and then especially if I do a meditation like after either of those, I feel like I can really get into the zone. Um, sometimes scrolling on TikTok, but also sometimes I feel like, no, um, certain music, like the WizKid album, I swear I can just like listen to that for an entire flight just in order because it's like good vibes, but it's not like too slow or anything to where I suddenly like get in my feelings it's just like nice <laughs> imagine not dealing with anxiety like there's other people around who don't who don't deal with it so good for you uh, but I also wanted to share I was gonna start this out with talking about Sag season but I guess since we're on the topic I'll just continue with this um this article my mom actually sent me this article <laughs> do y'all parents send you articles like all the time it's okay but this one really hit. Um, it's from Nick Wicknall's website, and it's called Don't Be Anti-Anxiety, Be Pro-Confidence. So at first I was like, what do you mean? Um, and basically, he talks about how you need to train your mind to understand or realize or learn that certain situations aren't actually a threat. Because, you know, anxiety is a dysregulated nervous system and it's your brain working too hard to protect you from potential threats. And, you know, the nervous system 
has its job. That's where we get our flight or fight response. It can obviously be very helpful, but when we start feeling that way in situations where we don't need to be feeling that way, it's like very uncomfortable, annoying, and like honestly scary. So I wish I had known this like in high school when I first started dealing with anxiety. Um, but he gives a little story of like, you're out hiking in the woods and a little ways ahead of you, there's like a dark squiggly shape and your threat detection, your threat detection system kicks in thinking like, oh, maybe it's a snake. So you get adrenaline, you feel, you know, you feel that fight or flight response kick in. So I'm just going to read it word for word. As a result of the adrenaline and general sympathetic nervous system response, like increased heart rate, muscle tension, perspiration, etc., plus some worries on your part, like, oh my God, if I got bit by a snake, I could die. You find yourself feeling rather anxious and understandably, you would prefer not to feel that way. What would the quickest way to not feel so anxious anymore be? That's right. Avoid the potentially poisonous snake by turning around and heading back to the car. But here's the problem. While you would undoubtedly feel less anxious right now if you immediately ran away, the more important question is this. What am I teaching my brain? Specifically, what am I teaching my brain's threat detection system about the true threat potential of squiggly shadows while hiking? By immediately avoiding the shadow, you've taught your brain that dark shadows while hiking are dangerous. And even though it led to some temporary anxiety relief in the moment, this will make you more anxious about hiking in the future. For example, the next time someone suggests hiking, you'll likely be, you'll likely remember the incident and feel nervous. And even if you do decide to go on the hike, your brain will be increasingly vigilant, which is stressful. If you do see another dark squiggly line, it will release an even bigger adrenaline dump, making you feel even more anxious. As a result, you'll feel an even bigger pull to immediately avoid the shadow and relieve your anxiety. See where this is going? Avoid something a lot, and you're teaching your brain that that thing is very dangerous. Now, this is a good thing if that something is truly dangerous. If you try out a new hiking trail, and it's literally infested with poisonous jumping vipers, avoiding that place is a good idea. But there's a lot of things in life that look and feel dangerous but aren't. Because you immediately avoided the shadow in order to get the instant anxiety relief, you never gave your brain the opportunity to learn that dark shadows on the trail while hiking are often harmless things like shadows and branches. On the other hand, let's say that instead of immediately turning around and heading back to the car, you decide to move a little closer so you could get a better look. In the short term, your anxiety is likely to go up a little bit because you're moving towards this thing that your brain just said might be dangerous. There's a big potential benefit to this willingness to tolerate some anxiety in the moment. You give your brain the chance to learn that something that looked and felt dangerous was actually completely harmless. Here's the general takeaway. Many things in modern life look and feel dangerous, but actually aren't a threat to your survival. But if you get in the habit of avoiding them, you're teaching your brain that they are dangerous, which means your long-term anxiety will steadily increase. While trying to get rid of anxiety or distract yourself from it feels good in the long term, the feels good in the short term, the long-term consequences are paradoxically ever-creasing anxiety about anxiety. Boom. You can only lower your anxiety in the long run by being willing to have it in the short term. When your behavior suggests that you're not afraid of something, even if you do feel afraid of it, this sends the signal to your brain that the thing isn't actually a threat, which means despite your short-term anxiety, you're lowering your long-term anxiety. 
Confidence is the belief that you can do or experience something important despite feeling afraid. Confidence comes from practicing courage, which is willingness to do the right thing even when it's scary. That, like, I know it's like good stuff, but that like sentence just reminds me of elementary school and when they would be like, be courageous. <laughs> but it's true. Um, to be free from anxiety, you must be willing to have it. Is this not life-changing? Like, I wish I had learned this in school when I first was like having panic attacks in class and as a result like I would just not go to class a lot of the time because I just I would feel so anxious um and this was before I ever you know knew of any medications or like anxiety relief things like that and especially the first couple times you know it's like you don't even necessarily know what's happening to you you're just like experiencing this overwhelm like you're like am I dying (laughs) it's like no babe um so this really, this really helped me. And y'all know, I have also talked about it like in vlogs, but having kind of like anxiety of flying um, and actually on my last trip to New York, I think there was just like a little bit of turbulence or something. And I don't know, I just really just felt anxiety for the first time in a long time especially while flying because I had really gotten over my kind of like anxiety of flying and I never had to like take any anxiety relief medication or like sometimes I would take a CBD but even that I was like I don't really need it like I feel fine but that just like re-triggered me um so then every flight after that it's just I've had to re-experience like all that anxiety but I am still, like, doing it. Like, I remember the first flight after New York, I think, yeah, I was going back home. And I, like, oh, my God, y'all. Trigger warning, talking about, like, anxiety. I don't know. Sometimes hearing people talk about anxiety, like, gives me anxiety. But um, I was so scared. And literally, I was, like, having thoughts in my brain, like, I could still leave. I could still just, like, I was literally, like, at the gate, like waiting to board. And I was like, I could still leave. I don't have to get on. Like I could go. And then I was just, I had to tell myself like, you have to do it. Like you're going to be so disappointed in yourself if you don't. And then I boarded and just waiting for everyone else to board. Like I still was having these thoughts of like, I could still leave. I could get off the plane. Like I could go, (laughs) I could just go home. I could Uber home right now. Like, oh, well, sorry. And I was like, no, (laughs) that would be embarrassing. (laughs) And so I did it and it wasn't, so bad but still I definitely that was the worst of it and every flight since then I still experience anxiety but literally every time has been less and I really am proud of myself for doing that and it's just like so annoying because people who don't experience it like just don't get it like because it's like bitch just like who cares like just go (laughs) Bro, when your whole body is telling you, like, not to do something, it takes so much energy and, like, mental stamina and courage to, like, do it anyway. And I feel like, especially with anxiety, it's, like, I guess it does come from being afraid. But it's just, like, that specific feeling. Um, But, yeah, then I actually read this article, I think, after that first experience. And then I was, like, oh, my God. Um, And I think just being... Yeah, like, just telling yourself, like, 
it's okay to experience this short-term anxiety because that's what it is. It's like short-term anxiety. And I have to teach myself that like, it's okay. <laughs> or like, I can still do things despite feeling this way. Because also when I was first experiencing it, you know, it's like, you do want to have that avoidance. Like, you just want to run away. I don't want to feel this anymore. But I think getting more comfortable just sitting with it and feeling it. And it's like, okay, that's literally all that it is. <laughs> or even if it goes to a full panic attack, it's like, even that is like, yeah, it's literally terrible and horrible and uncomfortable. But you like it, it will be over like you know um and just knowing tools to i want to say prevent that from happening but that makes it sound like you're trying to like avoid it but it's like if you're feeling some anxiety i don't need to like worry about the anxiety i can be like oh okay i'm experiencing this even though i may feel the urge to like leave run away whatever it's like no we're not going to do that we got to keep going and it's going to be fine. And then it's like, okay. And then you do it and you experience it and it is fine. And then it's like, oh, <laughs> like literally after every flight, I'm like, oh, <laughs> that wasn't that bad. Like, mm. <laughs> um, and I guess that goes for like anything in life too. Even if you don't experience anxiety, there's all things that like maybe we're scared to do, you know, even if you don't have like actual little, just like daily anxiety, like, <laughs> You know, things like public speaking or heights or asking your crush to go out with you. Like, There's things in life that bring us fear and that are scary and intimidating. And yeah, just having that courage, like doing something even though you are afraid or like have your doubts about it or have anxiety. Um, yeah. Things can be uncomfortable. And it just reminds me of that other quote that I feel like I actually see a lot. Um, but, you know, it's like, I forget the exact wording. But just that idea of it's not about, you know, trying to have no problems. But it's just about trying to enjoy your life despite having problems or stress or whatever. Because stress is never going to go away. Like, bullshit, it's never going to go away. So if we can just learn how to manage it and really like knowledge is power because again if I knew all of this earlier on especially like in high school I just feel like my experience would have been a lot different and like better so that's why it's also important to talk about it um because so many people just go through things and like just I don't know are ashamed or embarrassed or just like, like don't even know what's going on and that's like true for so many things it's just like so much shit is so stigmatized too like mental health shit but also like sex and just like our bodies because this is kind of like a body thing you know um like i just remember when i first got my period it was like so embarrassing <laughs> it's like bro this does this isn't even embarrassing but it's like it makes sense because there's just such like a stigma and shame built around it so yeah anyway let me know if this article resonates with you at all even if you don't have anxiety i feel like it's still very helpful just in the sense of overcoming fears and like getting out of our comfort zones and things like that. So I'll link it down below so you can read the whole thing. Um, but yeah, so I've just been trying to take time every day to meditate, put myself in my body 
Um, and I feel like I have been talking about this, like, the past couple episodes that were not with Bujibili. <laughs> um, yeah, just trying to be very aware of, like, how my body feels. This is the thing. I feel like stress is, like, mental. Even though stress can take a toll on your physical body, like, I really feel like stress is more mental for me, whereas anxiety is more, like, in my body. Does that make sense? Like, do you relate? Like, stress is, like, I'm thinking about so much Anxiety is like my body is like freaking out, and I'm like, bro, I'm literally not like. But everything's interconnected, you know, mind body connection, things like that. Fuck, it's like giving me anxiety just talking about it. I'm just kidding. If you're dealing with it, just know you're not alone. Even if you're just dealing with stress, it, bro, it's just that time of year. Um, so really prioritize self care, y'all. Um, especially. Well, finals are probably over at this point, right? But, yeah, we're all dealing with stress this time of year, just with the holidays, um, with the COVID, with fucking everything. I, okay, not to, like, bring more stress, but I saw this video recommended on my YouTube that was, like, MIT predicts society will fo- will collapse in 2040. And I just, like, refuse to click on it because it's, like, I just don't want to know. <laughs> it's out of our control. Well, yeah it's like use a reusable straw but (laughs) just gonna meditate chill and talk about astrology so (laughs) oh my god um it's sag season which i feel like normally i love sag season hopefully it's just like after today i feel good (laughs) i don't know i just feel like the past couple weeks i just have not been feeling my best. And I really think it's just linked to like hormones and PMS. But I'm just like, bro, I usually love a Sag season and I just am not even feeling it. Like, but hopefully that changes. Anyway, I love a Sag. Seriously, being a Leo, especially, I've always loved a Sag. Not romantically though. I've never seriously dated another fire sign. Isn't that interesting? Um... But yeah, I really love a Sag. My definition my definition of a Sag is just a down ass a bitch. <laughs> They're just really fun in just like a good way. Like I feel like a Gemini can be fun, but a Gemini can also be a little evil. But like a Sag is fun and they are just like positive, good vibes. Like I love a Sag. Loki, I feel like Leos are just kind of like I don't know if glorified would be the right word, but I feel like Leos are low-key like cancers in the sense of like bitch sensitive, especially like male Leos. Like with that being said, I do, I've noticed that when a guy has Leo in his chart somewhere, like I usually like that. I don't have beef with Leo men or anything like, but it's just, I don't know, in general. I'm like, where are the water saying? <laughs> Literally. Um, so this is from mindbodygreen.com, just kind of about Sagittarius season. Sagittarius is the third of the Zodiac's three fire signs and part of the mutable quality. Mutable signs, the others are Gemini, Virgo, and Pisces, are all about change and variety. While this month-long cycle might not be the best time to make binding decisions, it is an optimal window for adventurous exploration. Seek and ye shall find. So it's really about traveling going to new york in sag season i went to oh my god i went in gemini season before 
right? Yeah. Look at that. Because Sag and Gemini are like, you know, opposites. Unleash your optimism. The high-minded Sagittarius represents endless possibilities. Studies have shown that positive thinking and... <laughs> no, not toxic positivity! Positive thinking enhances well-being and leads to a richer, more, more fulfilling life. Bro, okay. Y'all, I don't really talk about, like, YouTube drama on this podcast, but... <laughs> I just had to fucking laugh at the Ace family's, like, explaining what, like, our house story or whatever. When Catherine was like, um, the bank did not accept my payment, so I just decided to stay positive <laughs> and live my life. <laughs> Bro, like, I feel like, think okay, I don't know, because maybe it's, like, really helped someone and, like, changed their life, but I just feel like this concept of, like, thinking positive... <laughs> Maybe I'm just negative, but thinking positive, like, I just feel like that's so, like, 2016. Like, I y'all know my thoughts on toxic positivity, but that was just so funny, because then she was like, and then, months later, I saw that our house was being foreclosed. <laughs> Babe, maybe if you had spent a little less time thinking positive, like, that wouldn't have happened. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> oh, my God. Fuck. <laughs> I've been, like, keeping up with the tea. Um, oh, oh, they did say a world of wa- a word of warning. This does not mean painting a shiny coat of BS over reality. Yep. Take a calculated risk. If you feel the need to shake up the status quo, set up a safety net. Yeah. Employ humor as your superpower. Sharpen your media literacy. Embrace inclusion and equity. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, I have cramps, y'all. That's great. Um. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like a, a season to have fun, be cute, travel if it's possible, be think positive, get your house foreclosed. I'm just kidding. Oh my god. I don't even think that's okay to say. <laughs> I can come off like such the wrong way. Just so you know, it is a direct reference to the Ace Family drama. Like, that's all. That's all it was. <laughs> um. Yeah. So let me know your thoughts on a Sag down below. When it first became Sag season, I did post on my IG story, like, "Oh, what's the tea on Sages?" And it's so funny when I do that. Like, so many people had good things to say about Sag, but then like. When I did cancer or something, it was like people, no, I think it was Pisces, honestly. Like people were going in, like just attacking. Like they were like, I hate, this is the worst sign you will ever come across. They are fuckboys and they will ruin your life. Sheesh. When you have an opinion about a sign, is it because you only dated one of them? Because I feel like I cannot form an opinion about like oh like i don't know sag men or something unless i had talked to like multiple of them like you know if i was gonna talk about how they are as a partner or something like how are you just gonna talk about one and also everyone's chart is different yeah that's obnoxious um you know what I hate? And I, like, shit like this makes me realize why some people think astrology is, like, fake and annoying. It's, like, people who just, 
I don't know. Like, sometimes the meme pages are cute. Not even the meme pages, but it's just, like, this specific vibe of, like, tweets that are posted onto Instagram. And it's, like, we Tauruses or like, oh, I'll cut you off if you disrespect me. And literally everyone will screenshot it and repost their story. Like, yeah, it's because I'm a Taurus. Yeah, it's because I'm a, a Gemini. Or like, oh... I just love thinking positive and living my life. And they're like, me AF as a cancer. And it's like, that doesn't even make sense. (laughs) Like, it's not even on theme for the general stereotypes about whatever sign they're talking about. Like, it's just like a general description of it could be anybody. Like, oh my god, I had to laugh. Not that it, like, annoys me. It's it's just funny. (laughs) To me. To me. To me. Um, Oh, my God. This is, like, a really big topic. I want big. You'll see the joke in a second. (laughs) A really big topic I wanted to talk about. Foreplay. So, I posted on my story today. Tell me a secret. And this girl was like, um... Sometimes people need to like keeping themselves. Okay. Um. Wait. I'm okay. She said I'm super attracted to this man, and he has a really small D. Ladies, any advice? So then I messaged her and I was like, um, dude, this is also like, well, okay. What are your thoughts? Because I was going to just write this like on the public story. I was gonna be like, oh, does he have a mouth? Does he have? hands like do you have toys but I was that I don't know I just feel like I used like used to as in when I was 18 19 I used to be a lot more open about talking about sex like on my social media and then I just kind of and just like talking about it like I don't know in general conversation but I just kind of realized that like not everyone has the same viewpoint of me so I'm just kind of torn because on one hand it's like okay if we all have this stigma about sex or like women who like sex or talk about sex oh they're whores and they're the scum of the earth then it's like okay live by example lead by example and like be like if you want that to change like be the change so okay I'm gonna be open about talking about it so reduce the stigma help other people be more comfortable but then I also just kind of Like, I think I stopped talking about it because I just kind of realized, like, especially with guys, like, they just would kind of assume that I was very sexual or, like, oh, she's just, like, down. Like, I don't know. Like, I can just think of a couple times where, like, I don't know, like, me and my homegirl would just, we'd just be super open about, like, talking about it and not even in a, like, at least from our perspective, from my perspective, it wasn't even in, like, oh, I'm just so sexual type of way, but it's just, like, you know, it's an an interesting topic, open about talking about it, like, but then people just, like, take it the wrong way, and it's, like, I don't want to deal with that, but then it's also, like, I don't know, I'm just, like, torn, and I guess that can go with so many things, um, you know, so many topics, like, do I want to deal with the effects of this? Or do I want to assimilate? 
start anyway. So I ended up just messaging the girl. Um, where is it? I was like, yeah, does he have hands, a mouth, etc.? And she was like, LMAO, yes, and he knows how to use them. I guess I need to remember that the experience is more than D in V. SMH, it's the cishet norms imposed on us making me worry. And I was like, bro, literally so much of it is that, which is not wrong to say that, which is not to say it's wrong to want a big D, but, and then she said, future style podcast title. Remember, ladies, a want is not always a need. <laughs> so true. And then another girl replied to my story, uh, like of that. And <laughs> me tapping through my story. She said, I had the situation. I could look past it because he was incredible with everything else sexually and his personality was great. He also never gave off small D energy, so I respected him more for that. And I have to say, I have a lot of thoughts. Number one, I think it's definitely more about the vibe of the person. I feel like that's just the most important. Like the vibe, but then also like, do they know how to work it? Because I feel like with a lot of women's experience, it's like, a guy will have a big D and he thinks that just because it's big, he doesn't have to do anything else or he doesn't know how to work it or he doesn't really like care about, it's like, oh, this novelty is like enough and like you should be satisfied. And it's like, babe, no. (laughs) No, literally no. What's the percentage of women that come off penetration alone? It's very low. And you don't even know how to work that correctly. So what are we really gaining? Um, and yeah, just also the, the vibe of the person. And I think I was talking about this a couple episodes ago, but it's like, oh, like how much of it, how much of like good sex is just natural chemistry and oh my God, this just works so effortlessly. And then how much of it is like willingness to communicate and like be open and honest and try new things and like be receptive of each other's energy and like just the whole communication side of it and like being comfortable to say what you like and what you don't like and like oh I didn't like that or like oh let's do more of this or like this is what I'm into or whatever because like what if it was really bomb what if you were with somebody and it was really bomb the first time but it would just like that's all they know how to do and what if you want to switch it up and like you're actually not able to communicate with them you know so then it got me thinking especially the girls replied to me of like oh it's just the cishet norms of like this is what sex looks like it got me thinking about foreplay um and then i found this article from the rooster.com titled why foreplay is a bad word and we should remove no why foreplay is a bad word we should remove from our lexicon Um, The definition, the traditional definition of foreplay is sexual activity that precedes intercourse. The traditional definition of intercourse is sexual contact between individuals involving penetration, blah, blah, blah. What about anal or oral or penetration with a sex toy, finger, or other miscellaneous tube-shaped instruments? What about cunnilingus, masturbation, or cybersex? Also, so sorry for the traffic sounds. This girl commented like, oh, there were sirens in your podcast and I was driving and they really scared me. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm literally so sorry. Um, Of course, these definitions hold true for certain people in certain relationships, but they can be both problematic and alienating for the millions of people who don't practice traditional intercourse. Um, For after all, for many of us, foreplay is the sex. 
for one reason or another, penetration is either a rejected choice or not an option. And the acts that we define as foreplay are actually the main event. Think about lesbian sex for a second. Uh-huh. Don't mind if I do. <laughs> um, same story with gay sex. You could argue that anal sex counts as sex. But many gay men don't practice anal sex at all. Some men consider blowjobs to be sex. An act that categorically falls under the umbrella of foreplay in our language. Um, Why imply when two people are perfectly certain they're fucking each other that they're not? Sexuality itself isn't the issue here. It's the definition of what sex actually is. Something that's both hotly debated and highly subjective. The bottom line is sex is whatever it means to you. If you consider oral sex sex, congratulations it is. If you think it's anal it is. If you think it's dry humping in a hammock, then it is. Um, P and V sex is not the end all be all play. There's so much more out there. And I think it's problematic because it's like so much of our world is just based around heterosexuality and... I don't know, just very, like, low-key, high-key patriarchal ideas of, like, you know, sex has to involve a penis, and sex starts when the penis gets hard and ends when they nut. And then it's like, okay, well, what about us? Like, hello? (laughs) Or what about people that don't have that? Or, like, you know, there's just such a specific idea of, like, what sex is. Um... And then just, like, all the, like, stigma around it. It's like, oh, well, we just hooked up. Like, we didn't have sex. And it, somehow it's like, oh, if you just gave each other head or something, like, it's, like, less. Oh, well, we didn't go all the way. And it's like, but kind of. <laughs> like, to someone else, that would be. Um, or, like, in very religious. You know, when people are very religious and, like, save themselves for marriage, but then they still consider themselves virgins. I mean, I guess not necessarily just, it doesn't have to just do with religion too, but that's just like one of the, I'm just specifically thinking of like the Mormon example on TikTok that was going very, (laughs) Um, but it's like, okay, so that's not sex, but that's not sex. Like there's only one thing that can be categorized as sex. Everything else is like a step down. You know, um, so-called foreplay is what makes the world go round, and many people rely on the acts associated with it to get off. We're simply suggesting we broaden our definition of sex to include acts of foreplay so that we can include and respect the interests of people who don't fuck exactly the same way that we do. (laughs) So true. We should think of foreplay not as a step below sex or even an appetizer course before the entree, but acts that exist on the same playing field as penetration. Acts meant to increase intimacy, fulfill desire, and increase pleasure. Instead of calling something foreplay, let's call it whatever type of sex it is that they're having, be it oral sex, anal sex, sex with sex toys, etc. Changing our language around sex acts in this way could help concede that there are many types of sex outside the realm of vaginal penetration. And also it's like, yeah, there is so much more out there. And I feel like, you know, especially for women or people with vaginas who, I, again, I forget the exact percentage, but 
Majority cannot nut off of penetration alone. Um, but when we have this very rigid idea of what sex is supposed to look like, and when we have all of this shame built around sex, and I don't know, it's like, how are you supposed to have the confidence to explore your body, each other's bodies, and like find out what actually feels good like to you or to y'all instead of like, oh, well, this is like what it's supposed to be. So let's just do that. And well, if it's not good, I guess sex just isn't for me. Like That's why education is power, not only in things like, you know, STDs and preventing teen pregnancy and stuff, but it's like, I just feel like if we were actually taught about sex, like actually, not just as like a biology thing or like a don't get pregnant, you're going to die thing, or like these are the different STDs thing, but like, I don't know, just more about exploration, more about reducing shame and stigma, and like, I just feel like, more about consent, I just feel like it would be, I feel like a lot of people would have better, like, first experiences, and just therefore experiences overall in their entire sexual careers, because (laughs) you'd actually know. And just thinking, um, you know, to high school when a lot of people were first becoming sexually active, I know a lot of us felt like this kind of pressure, oh, like, I don't want to be a virgin anymore, or oh, like, I want to see what it's like, like, you're curious, but then it's like, you don't exactly know what it's supposed to look like, or if it's supposed to even look a certain way, or like, what to expect, or like how to have a good time (laughs) like we weren't even taught about the clitoris which i don't know i feel like it's not like a school a sex ed issue it's like a society issue because you know there's just there's just so much stigma and shame that comes from patriarchy religion so Yeah, thank God for the internet. Like, I really learned a lot from Tumblr, I feel. (laughs) Like, in high school. Like, I would learn a lot from Tumblr. Um, And Twitter. (laughs) You know? So, even though I feel like the internet can definitely be harmful, especially in young people, just because of porn and, like, especially very mainstream porn where it's like, oh, I don't know. A lot of it can be very degrading towards women or just very focused on the man like literally in the video but then also just like this is clearly meant like for male consumption so that can be harmful but there's also just a lot of information you know if you're actually looking to the right places there's a lot of just info out there um that otherwise a lot of people wouldn't have access to because it's not like they can talk to their parents about it or you know another trusted adult and it's not like we're learning it in sex ed or in school or anything so yeah um i would love to hear your thoughts about this let me know do you think foreplay counts as sex (laughs) and why do we have these layers like why do we have this stepping stool of like what like oh well if i didn't go all the way i'm not a complete whore like (laughs) you know it's like well 
First of all, <laughs> all the shit that I've been talking about, about like people pleasing, setting boundaries, communicating, being straightforward, etc. That all has to kind of like come into play with that too. Because you kind of have to be willing to like take a stand, stand up for yourself and your vag and be like, we're not even necessarily vag, you know. Have you ever heard of a nipple orgasm? <laughs> and be like, uh... This isn't working for me. (laughs) This is what I would like. (laughs) Like, you know, you have to be willing to like, like, don't lie about your orgasm. And I mean, I say that, but obviously there's like certain situations where you just need to get out of the situation. You're like, yeah, good job. And I'm never going to talk to you again. Um, But yeah, like, don't be afraid to make them uncomfortable and feel like they did not perform well if they didn't. So that is all I'm going to talk about today. My cramps are kind of worsening. So we're going to go chill before I have to go get my nails done. I was going to take the train to get my nails done. And now I'm like, you know, let me just Uber because I just do not feel like dealing with people. Like, fuck. Um, ugh. I honestly feel a lot better, though. This espresso saved me, thank God. You know when the caffeine just, like, hits? And I don't even feel, like, caffeinated. I just feel awake and, like, good. Which is, I think, how you're supposed to feel. But I always... Not always. I've been really good at not caffeinating recently. Sometimes I would just take it too far. (laughs) You should not be shaking, okay? No. I wouldn't be shaking, but I would just feel... This is a whole other subject. Anyway, I will link the articles mentioned and referenced down below. Don't forget to screenshot this and post it on your story and tag me so I can repost. And comment down below if you're watching this on YouTube. Message me with any other thoughts you have. Um, And yeah, love you guys so much. And I will talk to you next week.